Dan, you're being recorded. There you go. The thing says I'm supposed to tell you that. Ah, oh, yeah, state mandates. Okay, so that is your basketball from what year? It was from last year. So we got a little layman action, a little, little Myers action. We got, I think we got some CJ action there. Looks like a lot of them. I have. It's see, the whole team. See if it's, I can it's, reach mine. it's 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 fun to try to guess who's who's. Yeah, I can't reach <laughs> it's mine because like it it's too far away. But I have one that's average that's uh, signed by Will Barton. There you go. Nice. There's Dame. So yeah, with a little zero. That one I just kind of. Yeah, I just keep that one right here on a little stand. It's just for looks. <laughs> I actually, I need, honestly, this, this, this room is like my, my, like a little hiding spot until, uh, till the construction's You're all done. So. Remodel, right? Yeah. So like my, like mini man cave was turned into a bedroom while everything else is being gutted. So, so. when it's all done, are you going to have Nurkic wallpaper instead of just like one Jersey hanging? Just, just a little Jersey, in, like in memoriam to his season. Oh. Yeah. I'll, uh, honestly, I wanted, this one's actually, I think this is the. No, this is the semi nice one. I've got I've got a uh, an actual Nurkic jersey. I've got that one. I've got a CJ and I've got a Dame that all need to get framed and go up with my uh, my Brandon Roy one from uh, his rookie year. So, so that comes next. Well, hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Yeah. Welcome to the Blazers <laughs> Edge podcast. I'm Tara, joined as always by Blazers outsider Danny Meringue. Oh, hello, hello. Well, it's... coming to you from the man cave. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you know, am anxious to see people's faces these days because uh, we're all on lockdown. Yeah, I don't know about you. I, uh, I've got like the the post apocalyptic glow up trying to trying to happen here. Yeah, what does that mean? Please elaborate. What the Dan? Oh yeah, no. Is. Like, oh, I mean, there's there's a lot that needs to happen. Let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, like, I I was. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna bail on the whole idea of like trying to maintain like a keto diet through this. Um, but I just said, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna be able to do anything else. I'm gonna have all the time in the world to cook. Yeah. So the only problem is like getting to the grocery store. Like tonight I went and there was literally no fresh chicken. Mm-hmm. So that's a little, little weird. Right. But other than that, I'm, I'm sticking to it. You know, I, you know, my fiance talked me into doing some, uh, some face masks and uh, a little, little peel, uh, you know, got some, got some, some at home, uh, uh, foot, uh, uh, tangerine infused like foot stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know we, we're going full in. Got some teeth whitening. You know, I figure if we all come back from this, I'm going to come back on TV. Uh, the skinnier, uh, brighter teeth, cleaner footed. Like, Who's this guy? Well, no, everybody's going to realize it's still me. Cause I'm still, you know, me. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll open your mouth and everyone will be like, Oh yeah. Ah, that's we him. Yeah. Remember him. Well, it's good to see your face. Uh, we haven't talked really since all this went down because we were not able to uh, record last night. So I'm looking forward to just kind of hearing, um, like, what was your reaction when all this started to go down? Were you watching the game that got, like, turned off in the before it even got started? Yeah, so, like, Joe and I and our producers and the network were – all discussing like the different options that were probably going to come our way. So we were in touch with various people who believed that we were, we were going to play games with no fans. That was the assumption that we were going to operate under. We were going to continue playing games and then, you know, Rudy tests positive and that's when you just, the steamroll just happened. And we were all just kind of like, 
it, it was, I mean, we, we didn't really get clear communication. Nobody did the, not, 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 and this isn't like to throw NBC under the bus. Like the league didn't have clear communication. So everybody's scrambling. And, you know, for us, it was just like, okay, you know, we have like 20 games left. And my immediate thought was that's a quarter of my salary, <laughs> you know? And I was just like, uh, okay, what are we doing here? And like, it was, it was pretty serious panic time uh, for the most part, but then you got into like the, the basketball stuff. that is my, uh, um, you know, as I want to do and I didn't get into it. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Like I was just like, I have not, the only thing that I watched Joe text me last night, um, they had the replay of the April 7th regular season game on NBC last night. And Joe just texted me a screenshot of Joe Shane and I uh, doing the post game show. He said, just so you know, this is on right now. He's like, my DVR fired up and I had no idea why. And I looked up and I was like, but I, that's the first basketball I've watched. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't been able to like bring myself to watch basketball and it's been a little bit weird. Uh, I think, uh, I think we're going to do a, like a Google hangout or zoom or something like that. Um, for the upcoming replays that NBC's running. So I think we might do something with that, but I don't much you like, I haven't like basketball has fallen so far behind and I'll be honest. I never thought that would happen. Yeah. Like, because it's, because it's so far up, like outside of, you know, my fiance and my family, like that's, that's the next thing because it's not only my, my passion and like the thing that I love to do, it's also my job. <laughs> so it's, it's a really strange thing. Like what, what, what was your reaction when it all went down? Well, uh, my work, uh, kicked way into gear, um, because of what I do, I have been working pretty much straight through since that happened. And uh, so basketball has not been at the top of my mind. But um, just uh, earlier this week, Cassidy and I were able to get together and talk with J.B. Hudson, your uh, NBC Sports Northwest colleague. And it was so great to just have like this hour of like normalcy sort of as it is. Yes. Um, Because I just, I hadn't like, like you, I was just like, there's just so many other things on my mind. But what was interesting is the whole time little things would trickle through to me from my non-basketball friends where they would be like, Oh, I'm really sorry about what happened with the NBA. And I was like, well, I mean, that's kind of like small potatoes compared to everything that's going on. But it was really, even for non-basketball people that I know anyway, it was the NBA that made this whole pandemic get really serious for them. It made people go. Yes. And then a few days later, it was Disneyland. And so if it wasn't the NBA, it was Disneyland that made everybody go, oh my gosh, this is this is super serious. But so I've, I, I've started to listen to, because I've I was not ready to listen to any like modern podcasts uh, about basketball because it was just like, what are they going to talk about? Um, and so I started yeah. listening to some. I mean, Chris Haynes just just dropped oh, yeah. a rap. I so, heard that. Like, That's like, what's that part of things happening right, <laughs> right. now? Everyone so yeah, like a weekend. Um, but so yeah. I've been listening to this uh, podcast called In All Airness, which is about the Michael Jordan era basketball, and hopefully we're going to get uh, Adam on here in a couple of weeks to talk to us. Um, and, but- we, and we do have some coming up yeah, that will feature exactly so i've got Jordan. like i've just thrown myself into the 1992 trailblazers <laughs> so Which is a good year to throw yourself in. like other than the final outcome it's a really good team i know i know so uh that's kind of how i've been getting getting my basketball fix but the other thing that uh because i think they, they did play one of those uh games from i think either the 90 or the 92 series on um hardwood 
classics the other night. Um, but one of the th- other things is that uh, I love how earnestly the players in the NBA are trying to help spread the word and the message about this whole everything that's going on. And they are um, – they're just – they're trying so hard to like do the right thing and share messages and encourage people to stay home and do all that stuff. And I, it just, it got me thinking about like, um, you know, would every generation of NBA basketball players reacted in the same way? Or is it because of, you know, how these guys have come up through the ranks over the last 10 years, they, they are all friends and like everybody cares about everybody. And, you know, they want to spread that. And they're as soon as they come into the league, they are introduced to, like, social responsibility, if not even before. Uh, and so that's just, like, a part of who they are now. On that token, like, even for the folks that aren't, the corporations that they're a part of, whether it be the NBA or a shoe company or something along that line, like, they're so ingrained now with, like, a positive, you know, an image focus on things like this. And I'm, I'm taking this, at like, at the, the, the lowest possible level. Like, for all those people that are out there who just, like, oh, businesses just do things for, you know, good publicity or whatever. Like, if that's how you operate, that's fine. But, like, part of that is, like, you look at what Nike is doing. Like, all of the Nike athletes, you, you, for those that don't know, Ant and Nasir are both Nike athletes, and they're they're showing, you know, the indoor workout stuff. Like, here's how you can work out at home. Stay stay motivated. Stay positive. Stay physically fit. And the, the thing is, is, like, for those guys particularly, like, it's a real thing. Like I was, I've been talking to Ant yeah, on and off it. for like those. Yeah, like they don't, they can't hoop right now unless they have a home gym. They can't hoop. Like that's like a lot of these guys, especially the veteran guys who've made a lot of money. They have a home gym. Like they have, they have uh, a, the ability to work out and, and to play ball. But for a lot of these guys, they don't yet. Like if you, so, this is their livelihood. So, like everything that they've had everything that they've done really for most of their lives, they can't do. And so they're, they're trying to find ways to stay active, to stay, uh, stay motivated, to stay in the groove. Like it's going to be really interesting. It, when, and if the league resumes this season, uh, how guys look, I've been thinking a lot about that. Yeah. Cause of those videos that they've been posting about, you know, that are just really funny, like high school games of people Uh like, but like, like you said, yeah, this, they, they can't do anything. They can't. I mean, think about how much is just predicated on knowing each other and the chemistry. And when you can't even be in the same, you know, space Ooh. with each other yeah. for possibly, you know, for weeks or months, like how let's much- just go ahead and get out there. Like it's going to be 60 days bare minimum be and probably yeah, yeah. more likely it's going to be night. Like from who I've talked to the consensus I've, I've gotten from executives and, and, and people around the league is that we won't see basketball probably until late June. Yeah. And that'll be without, that'll be without fans. So, um, well, which is crazy to think about. I know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't wonder why they don't just, I mean, I understand that there's reasons why they don't just shut it down, but in, in a lot of ways, it's $1.2 billion. I know. I know. <laughs> that, that's the reason I get it. But also like Disneyland is closed. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not no. putting a moral judgment on whether or not they should. I'm just saying, you know, it just seems like, you know, might as well just cut it off, but I don't know anything about that. But what I'm curious about is like, how much time are they going to have before they start playing games again? You know, um, and what's happening? 
are they going to play like regular season games? Are they going to do a tournament? Are they just going to go straight into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. You know, are they just going to to do like a shortened season? They just take the top four seeds from each conference. Like there's so many like Spencer Dinwiddie throughout his March Madness style bracket idea. Like there's so many permutations of what they could or couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And like the lasting effects of this, like does the calendar change? Mm-hmm. Does the NBA all of a sudden start in December now? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different, like the report this morning, the teams are, are going to operate or are operating right now as if they're going to draft via Skype. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I'm that's super crazy. curious to see if their results are out any worse or better. You know what I mean? Because also sometimes you, sometimes I wonder like, do people spend too much, too information. much time? Like, have they crossed the line where it's like, it seems to me like there's a limit at which like all of your advanced preparation, you know, isn't, is, isn't any more useful. The more preparation you do, you know, it's not going to give you any more value. So I, I'm super interested in seeing how, like, obviously, you know, I want everybody to be well and survive, but also after that, like the sociological um, things and like if things change or if we just go right back to how we were. Anyway, a lot of unfinished business. Um, I have called up the NBA Advanced Stats Season Leader page. So without looking, you're not looking at it, are you? No. Okay. The only thing I have up is the Skype video so right now. So uh, who do you think my phone. Was this, is the season leader? Oh. <laughs> who ends up as the season leader in points per game? Uh, who ends up with it? Well, I mean, like if it's, if the season ended today. Is it still Harden? Yeah, it'll still be Harden. Yeah. Damien's okay. number five. I say James. James right there. Bradley Beal has shot yeah, up to. Beal's, he's at thirty point yeah. five. LeBron still. And then Giannis. LeBron leads in assists. LeBron right? is not in points per game. Um, no, no assists. LeBron leads the lead yes. in assists, right? LeBron leads the lead in assists. Um, Hassan Whiteside's number two in rebounds and number one in blocks. Who's number one in rebounding right now? Andre Drummond. It is probably still okay. Yeah, yeah. And they're and they're both really close in that regard, I believe, right? Uh, Andre Drummond's fifteen point two, and Hassan Whiteside is fourteen point two. Okay. Um, God, Drummond, some up. I thought this one was interesting. Three pointers made. So the first one is James Harden, followed by Buddy Heald, and number three is Duncan Robinson. Yeah, no, he. I didn't know that, he took that's, that many threes. Okay, so I couldn't keep I was my eyes off him when day. though when he came to Portland. Yeah, he, if I remember right, he was eight of eleven from the field, and he was eight of eleven from three. I think he was a hundred of a hundred, actually. <laughs> that sounds more correct. So <laughs> he like is it. quite like he is the this generation's Kyle Korver, except to like another level. He. He basically refuses to take anything other than threes, where because he's so good at it, and he is going to be a guy who, like, I know you're going to keep me saying this, who just stays around the league forever because he is so good at this one skill, and the way the Heat have used him, like, he defensively, he's he's an issue, like, he's problematic for for the Heat to keep on the floor, but on the other side, he has so much stinking gravity that it just doesn't matter. Like it's, and it's really cool to see a guy who has a skill set. Normally, like we talk about siloed skill sets, right? right? I was going to say. Those, those, yeah. 
but there's a threshold that you can pass. Where if you're that, so good at that one thing, so good at that one thing that it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that was like that was that's what makes him so special. Like if you look at his his three point attempts versus his two point attempts, I want to say it's like ninety percent of his field goal percentage or, or field goal attempts are threes. Uh, Matt Moore at Hardwood Paroxysm. Uh, he put together or he's put putting together thing on, on Duncan Robinson and, and how he works in the dribble handoff because he is not only just a catch and shoot guy, they run him off flare screens and into DHO actions and put him in kind of that Portland flow weave action. And he's a guy that like his, his specialization is so valuable in today's NBA that you put him in like four or five different situations that defenses can't cover right now. Cause you can't be physical at the point of attack. You can't like blow up a screen really effectively without fouling that the way the league is right now basically is optimize it for him to be the most successful. Like when it's all said and done, this guy might end up taking the, taking and making the most threes ever. If he stays in the league, like he is that kind of potential. Uh, and that's really weird to think about of like a role player. Right. Like normally you think of like Steph, you look of you know, clay, you think of Dame or a Harden, like a superstar who gets shot volume. His guy gets shot volume, but it's all in one spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, he only he they don't have to guard him anywhere else because they don't have to. He's not going to stop in any other location on the floor. No, like it's only when they absolutely positively run him off a spot that he has to take him, you know, in another spot. But the, the Heat do a fantastic job of, of putting him in positions because they've got Butler, because they've got other guys who can spread. I mean, think about this. The team has Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, like, be that guy, but when was the last time that the NBA, the, an NBA team had two, like, really good white hoopers on the team. And it's, it's weird to see. And you like, you look at them, you're like, huh? All right. Well done. Cause usually they come out and they're the Jimmer Fredette types who kind of flare out, but like, they've got some guys down there that it kind of break the mold a little bit. And it's, it's kind of funny to see in contrast to what we normally are used to from, you know, the average white guy. <laughs> well, uh, moving on the, uh, there's a lot of unfinished, like I said, unfinished business. I'm wondering for you, when it comes to the Blazers, what are the things that are most like you're just feeling the most unfulfilled about? <laughs> like, what are the what's the unfinished business for you with the Blazers? The guillotine blade dropping on the season, just <laughs> the firm the firm cut of the end of the season. That's kind of what I'm I'm, I'm waiting for. Um, the weird thing about this whole situation is we were all prepared to see Nurk come back. And now that calf strain looms so just crappy mm-hmm. because he was going to be back sooner. Mm-hmm. Like if he not had the calf strain, he was going to be back sooner. And, you know, his representation, you know, they worked with him to make sure that they got the most exposure when he came back. So they planned it for, the Rockets game on Sunday afternoon on national TV. And it was going to be this big whole thing. You know, we were preparing some stuff at NBC to do alongside it. Hey, all right. I got, I got the mute off before the sneeze. Um, but, uh, you know, everything that fell apart there, it, it sucks. Yeah. Like, uh, for those, you know, people watching the video, like there's an under Jersey hanging behind me. Cause it's like, that's my guy. Like I, I love watching him. I like when he first returned to the court for pregame warmups, 
you know, he ran past us and I saw him go out on the floor and I'm like, Whoa, 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 let's see what's happening here. And you could feel the energy in the arena. You could feel all the other reporters, all the other players, the broadcast team. There was like a general sense of just like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's smiling and you, you feel the energy in there and to just have that just come to a screeching halt. And you can see it from Nurk. Like he rightfully so. He, I mean, like he's bothered by it. I mean, you've seen what he said on social media. He's disappointed. And I mean, imagine thinking that you finally were coming back. And then it, it's not a, I, I've, I've seen some folks or I've heard some people say, he's like, I don't know. In the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? I'm like to use of Nurkic. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it, it's, it's a big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the worst parts of this whole thing for me, um, you know, with regards to the Blazers, is that he never got to come back on the court and feel how happy everybody is for him. Because, I mean, we can all tweet at him and tell him and send him cards and send him gifts and do everything we can to help him understand how much he means to this organization and to the fan base. But until he stepped out on the court and did something and we got to cheer for him for a basketball reason again, I feel like that's just like heartbreaking to me, you know, cause you can't, you can't yeah. fake that in any other, you can't like no. recreate that in any other way. Him doing a basketball thing and all of us just losing yes. our minds because he makes a dunk. You know, like I just keep picturing in my head or listening to this sound in my head of, you know, Nurt catching on a pick and roll and finishing a dunk. And then Mark Mason with his his that perfect voice that he has with the Yusef Nurkic in no. the hard staccato when when when, when Nurk would score. And we you know do, speaking in Bosnian and in his introduction, like like that's. Like even thinking about that just gives me a little bit of goosebumps because I like I know what that's supposed to sound like and I for those who didn't see like I I posted some pictures when he was warming up the last game before the season was canceled he was in his uniform mm-hmm. like I know, he was, was he was so in cute. his uniform. he was like, full on that in was his like, uniform yeah and like I, I think part of that for him was like the the step of like realizing that it's it's that close it's real it's gonna happen here we go. And, you know, feeling that, you know, going out and warming up and, and being in that presence again. And, you know, I, I think it was something that for him, he needed Yeah, to be, to be away from the game for so long. Like the other guy that I think about is like Kevin Durant. If this season ends up like being canceled, he's basically not gonna play basketball for two years. Well, like you start. Well, until, when, until it starts up again, if it starts up again in December. That's like a year yeah. and a half. Well, I mean, like the, the amount of time it's going to be before he's able to play in a real game again. Mm-hmm. It's just like you start thinking about these guys that are injured and it's like, eh. now for the guys on the Blazers, obviously they're nicked up. Let's say the season resumes, mm-hmm. right? Nurk's going to be as healthy as he's going to be. Yeah. There's, there's no, like, there's no in between, right? There's going to be enough time now. Uh, Hood's not going to be, but let's yeah, say that the season resumes. Be. Late June, Zach, Zach's probably that my reservations about Zach being healthy by then will be good. Like, I mean, we're basically seven months removed then. You mean you'll feel and, like if they say he's ready, he's ready. Yes, because at at this point in time, I was like, you know, if, if the season was still going, he was slated to be reviewed about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, um, 
And I know Zach said he was going to come back mid-March. And I mean, listen, Zach and, and really any NBA player is going to say they're coming back as soon as humanly possible. Right, yeah. Like Rod, Rodney has said that he's he, he thinks he's going to be good to go by training camp. Yeah. Again, awesome. Have that mentality, <laughs> but I'll believe it when I see it. You yeah. know. Um, well, as far but as these guys that are all picked up, like that's the thing I think. The as far as like if you want to be myopic and look at something small. As far as the Blazers are concerned, that could be something cool. Like you could see more guys back healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are definitely looking forward to that. But like, <laughs> as far as it translates into basketball, I was really, really, really waiting for Nurkic to come back because I wanted to see if Portland was going to be able to do the same thing that they did when they traded Mason Plumlee for Yusuf Nurkic and just instantly get better on defense. I mean, I think they will. I even, just even, to see, I want to see if it would happen. Yeah. Even being rusty when they come back, I still think it'll be a marked difference mm-hmm. just because of how he plays. And, and he does have a relationship with guys and understands maybe the timing's not perfect, but I, I think his natural skill set and his understanding and his basketball IQ is better than Hassan's. Right. And so like that alone just would would elevate them. But yeah, seeing him being introduced back into the flow as things were before the games were canceled, I think that would definitely would have been cool among a million other things to see Nurk back on the floor for. I right before, you know, everything all, you know, went went sideways. I, I sort of had uh, been fixating on the before and after of that trade when he first came to Portland and everybody caught Nurk fever. And at that point, it was not a matter of him knowing the team. It was just the matter of his skill set set fitting perfectly. Uh, so I was kind of wondering about how, you know, if we could sort of recreate that kind of magic uh, having now also enjoying the benefit of him being already connected and having chemistry with the team. But the other thing that I was really curious to see how it was going to turn out is what was going to happen with us on Whiteside when Yusuf Nurkic came back. That was a big question on everybody's yeah. mind. People had <laughs> very strong opinions. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be something that even – if the season doesn't resume and then it comes back next year, I still think Portland makes an offer to Son. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about the financial implications of what may or may not happen with this season here in a little bit. But um, I still think that as far as like familiarity and, you know, being in a place where he's probably appreciated or feels appreciated. Um, and I'm talking about Hassan, obviously, uh, they, they, they take a look at him. There's probably a mutual understanding there, but I mean, there's, there's a reason why in, we you know, we've heard from Jason quick in his reporting where Nurkic had to um, be handled a, a particular way when it came to the, to the, the trade versus on white side and how they had to assure him that, you know, the same situation that happened in Denver was not going to happen here. Um, and obviously we've heard to talk to Nurkic regularly. Like if I just had there like a go. weekly Skype call with him, I could like have him feeling so good. And so, you know, so loved by this fan base. I think, I think I could do it. I, I think you could too. Um, <laughs> the, the, the big thing is you would have the, your biggest hurdle to overcome Not would be the, like well, that and the, the minutes problem. Cause there's only 48 minutes on the floor and uh, Zach seems to think he's a five. And I think he's good as a uh, second unit five. 
And if you have Hassan Whiteside, Zach Collins, and Yusuf Nurkic, that's that's not going to work. You, 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 two of those guys can't play the four. That's that's not a that's not a thing. <laughs> um, and Hassan has said multiple times that he's much happier here because he's playing thirty minutes a game and not losing minutes to another guy like he did in Miami and with Bam and Abayo. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, while not a thirty-five minute a game guy, wants to play more minutes. Um, he has to show that he can play those minutes, you know, 30 plus, but he definitely doesn't like the fact he, he's not thrilled about the idea of, of having somebody there who's immediately cutting into his minutes regardless. And I think it's a situation that it's not great for Portland because I don't think either guy would be thrilled about coming off the bench, particularly Nurkic. Um, and neither guy is going to be thrilled about playing 24 minutes a game. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's likely in any case. I guess that's why I was really happy that we were going to have this short run, you know, at the end of the to season get a look at it. to get to. Uh, yeah. And to see how see how they liked it and to see if they could be like, oh, we could make this work or if they could be like, you know what, we're going to make it through this. But this isn't going to work long term. Like we won't have like a little it was, it was kind of a nice built in little trial period to see. Yeah. You can see immediately. Oh, yeah. No, this is going to be a nightmare and then go another way or work. Yeah. I mean, like I always, I, I tend to forget that Hassan is almost 31, you know? So yeah, he's he's older. Yeah. He, um, you know, maybe, maybe he's ready to play less minutes. We don't know. And I guess we'll just still have to wait a little bit longer to find out. (laughs) I don't know. The, the other, the other big looming thing with the Blazers, of course, was were they going to make the playoffs? Like, I mean, all logic, all all the logic that I have in my head says, no, they're not. But of course they are. You know, there's just it's because it's the Blazers. It's never predictable. Like when you look at the standings and when you look at how all the other teams are doing, when you, you know, look at some of their more recent performance against poor teams and whether or not they were how they were able to perform. I mean, when we went down to Phoenix and we watched that Phoenix game, I was with my friend and we were walking away just kind of like depressed about the game and i asked my As friend, you been. right well and and i was like you know um you know what about that game bothers you the most and she said it just didn't look like a team that's ready for the playoffs like that team does not yeah. look like if they make it to the playoffs they don't look like a team who's ready for it yeah or built for it <laughs> And if you want to get like blazer centric where you could look at things beyond just the health, let's be honest. They were playing like crap and mentally they probably weren't in a good place. Like they were not like we heard a lot of the platitudes of, you know, which one game at a time and da 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 da. you know, we got to win every chance we get. And it was, it didn't sound good. Like the, what was being said didn't match up with what was happening on the floor in any way, shape, matter or form. And I think a lot of that has to do with, cause I'm not saying they were giving up, but mentally they they were beat. Like they were like for the first time they were just beat. They were just taking one punch too many. And that happens in any sport. Like the fact that they've gone this many years with Damian Lillard and been this successful, like this is not normal. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not a thing that happens. And we've been spoiled by that. Normally you get injury issues. You get, dealt a bad hand and it just so happens that Portland just got dealt one. That was just one after another, after another, after another. 
And at that point in time, it's like it's natural human nature, even for the most devout, hardcore, just leader of men, you know, Damian Lillard types. That little bit of doubt starts to creep in just, you know, when you have a really crappy first quarter, when you know you need to get out there and take care of business like they did in Phoenix, just absolutely lay an egg. And then you're like, oh, no, here we go again. Because you've taken so many punches, this, this, like, you have to treat every season as its own different entity, right? Like, all the momentum and everything that the Blazers had last year doesn't mean it carried over to this year. And I think a lot of times that gets lost that last year doesn't matter because it's a new group. There's, there's always some new tweak, there's always injuries or a schedule machination, or somebody has a baby. You know, there's always something different that happens. And so if the season does resume this time off may give these guys enough time to clear their head to where I'm not saying they're going to play better because they're probably going to play ugly, but everybody's going to play ugly basketball, but maybe that is enough for them to be like, to divorce themselves from the first 60 games. Just put it behind like, okay. them. <laughs> like that's, yeah. That and happened. Like, and I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs if they resume the, and, and play the whole season or anything like that, but perhaps they get enough of a, of a positive mindset to where they can dump what that season, that part of the season was, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think it's, it's just, you know, things happen, weird things happen to teams all the time. We're not the only team yes. that, that weird things happen to. No. And it's just, it's just almost so perfect that this is the season where maybe they weren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> and now we yeah. don't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at the Nets. Like, yeah. They the signed Kevin. May continue. Did you, did you rewatch yeah. the Houston game that was on the other night? The, the 2014 Damian rocket or Damian Lillard, the game six, the first shot. I've, I- I, I've watched that game so many times that like I saw it was coming on. I was like, nah, I, yeah. I'm okay. I, I watched it. I watched I watched that game because they win every time. I want games one and two. I know. I know. Yeah. The LaMarcus games. But I do like to I watch that game. I want those games. games good. Yeah. Those, those oh, were no, really good. Don't get me wrong. But, but that what I was series gonna, was incredible. Wait, hold on. What I was going to say about that was I was listening to the broadcaster and I forgot that that was the first time in 14 years that they'd made the playoffs. And that mm-hmm. just kind of really hit me when I was watching that. I was like, wow, we have just come to they made the playoffs. They, they, they advanced. That they advanced. Sorry. Yeah. That they had advanced in the playoffs. But we had just taken things for granted after this last run, you know, that, you know, the Blazers like are always going to, you know, advance. And- yeah. 20, 20 plus years in the, in the playoffs in a row. And, getting to the NBA finals multiple times. Yeah. That'll, that'll change your perspective when you go grow up around a franchise that consistently is one of the top five, six franchises in the league. Yeah. And it just makes that last year that much more astounding anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, what you think this might mean for next year. Cause there's a, so much to think about and I don't even know where to start. Yeah. This is the thing that, that that's caught my eye the most is that, Right now, without any of this stuff happening, Portland was going to be limited in their financial resources and what they could do in the offseason. And we're talking about a team who's, you know, one of the highest cap payroll teams in the league. And obviously they underperformed. A lot of that had to do with injuries, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that the roster was not set. 
And don't believe Olshay when he said he never that Whiteside was never on the block. Whiteside was always on the block. Just I, I just want to make sure I, we get that out well, there. He said it uh, when he brought him over. Yeah, I think, mean, exactly. So, like, so like the thing is, like, I still get people like, but Olshay said no, he's he's doing what every general manager in his position is supposed to do. It's sell, 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 sell. Like I, I don't. Like it frustrates me like, to my core, but I get why he did it. Yeah. But the Blazers brought in Bazemore and Whiteside, and they swung and they missed. That's what happened. And now they're in a predicament where, let's say the season doesn't resume, and they don't know what they have in Yusuf Nurkic, and you don't know how he is mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. You don't know, and you maybe need insurance. Now we He's don't fine. know how the relationship. But I, I know, but I mean, you you don't. As an organization, you have to have questions. You you always have to ask these questions. And, you know, you don't know what the dynamic could be between him and his son. You don't know if those guys are going to be happy. And now your resources may be much more limited. If the season doesn't resume, the estimated losses right now is $1.2 billion. That's enough to make the cap slide roughly $9 million. Now, that's not as we were talking about before the before the pod. That's not as big as the cap increase that we saw in 2016, which was a $24 million increase. But what that does is that drops Portland from, you know, having a little bit of space to having effectively none. And you have to resign Hassan Whiteside then because you you have his bird rights, so you can go over the cap. But now how do you how do you make any other changes? You don't have the ability. So what does the league do this? How many are teams going to be punished who thought they were going to have a cap space at X, but in fact, it's at Y does the league allow, you know, teams to be over and be at the expected cap. Like you, there's so many questions that come out of this as far as the CBA goes about how a team's going to operate. Like if you look around the league, the, the Lakers, they're might run into an issue with resigning Anthony Davis. Now, like you think about that for a second, you're just like, wait a second. The money that was supposed to be there may not be had to exactly now. But then again, you look at Send other teams that Charlotte. have already, they got a lot of money, right? <laughs> you know, they're going to have, they're going to have a ton of money now. Um, <laughs> but you look at the teams that are, that are set finance, like uh, as far as their, their, their roster construction, the 76ers have Embiid and Simmons locked up. The, the Celtics have Brown and Tatum locked up. The, uh, the Clippers have uh, Kawhi and, and PG. Like you look at these teams who have guys locked up and you look at the Blazers and you're like, yeah, they have Dame CJ and Nurkic and they've got the young guys and Ant and Gary, but and, and Zach, but beyond that, you're like, uh, Rodney's coming back from an Achilles injury and you don't know what you have in him. He's probably going to opt in. His is a hard fixed number. It's a, what is it, like six and a half million. So if he opts in, poof, your cap's gone. If the salary cap falls, the expert, like, like how are you supposed to manage that now? And you know, if you sit here and look at the tea leaves, I wouldn't be surprised if the team was sold between now and this time next year. So what does that do for the market of this team? Not knowing the financial situation, like these things all matter, you know, as far as like the big scope things, as far as like top level from ownership down to like an evaluation of the franchise and who you have locked up and whether you're in the red, whether you're in the black, what salary cap is, all those things all matter. And then you get to the team level stuff and how Portland is fixated on improving this team in the prime of Daniel Lillard's career. 
like if you guys have listened to this podcast for any period of time, you know how badly I want this team to build around Damian Lillard the right way. And your way. I have to you say, want them to build around your way. No, no, I mean, I mean, I mean the right way in that they, they, they're successful in, in building a team that it makes a real championship run, whether that's my way or not. I, I just want it to be done the right way. And I don't know, like if it makes it more or less likely for them to be risky, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. And so like, what does Portland do in this situation now? Because no matter what the financial impact is going to be there, mm-hmm. it, that, that, that's just the reality of it. And but I, how much of it? Right. I mean, other teams are also going to be impacted. I guess what you're thinking is that the teams who are already high level contenders are going to suffer less than the, 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 the teams that are a tier behind them trying to get into high level contention. Yes. So like Portland in this weird spot where their salary is very high, mm-hmm. but I still think they're a, a, a step below when they need to be, to be a, a true title contender. Mm-hmm. And what we thought was going to be the pieces to do things. Now we're just sitting here like, eh. and if you're a free agent this off season, now you've got to be sitting here going, you have got to be kidding me because that's a lot less yeah. money on the market. Yeah. 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 That's because yeah, they've been, it's the to- anti 2016. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing to think because we looked this up before we got on because we were like, okay, if it drops like $10 million, how big of a drop is that compared to the spike? It's not even half of what the spike was. The spike was $24 million. Yeah. And here's the other part of this. Let's say that the South spike was. (laughs) It may go even easier. And by that, I mean. This next year may be a complete disaster for the salary cap, but let's say things return to full normalcy a year after next. You could have a cap jump from 108 million to like 134 million. Because aren't they also signing a new cable agreement in a couple of years too? In a couple of years, yes. They they, they think they've got two or three years left on the deal. Uh, But the, the, the NBA PA or the MBPA, um, they they opted to not go for cap smoothing in 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if potentially the year after next, they're like, eh, let's go for cap smoothing this time. So everybody who's, uh, you know, up for a contract over the next couple of years gets paid as opposed to everybody this one year. Right. But it, we could see this massive recession for a year mm-hmm. and then a massive, Have massive straight thing. back up. Yes, and that just makes team building that much more difficult and stringing things out. You know, a, a team who has a 25, 26, 27-year-old superstar may be in a better position than, say, a team that has a 30, 31, 32-year-old superstar because they can afford to wait that extra year for that next free agency class when there's so much money on the table. It's just There's so many permutations that could happen. Yeah. I, my, my mind just went back to it. Anthony Davis in Charlotte with all that sweet, sweet Jordan money. Tell you what, he looks good in stripes. Like when 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 North had the, the pinstripe jerseys, like those look good on him. I could I could see him rocking some Charlotte throwback at Larry Johnson's. Like I I could see it. 
Well, that kind of brings me to the unfinished business of the league. And for me, one huge unanswered question that I just really, really wanted to know was who was going to be the better team, the Lakers or the Clippers? Mm-hmm. I was like, still just, in- I was just sitting down to start really, really watching, you know, the end of the season to figure out what I thought about that. Well, I mean, right now, the, if you know, you, you, you crowned the last team to beat the Lakers, it's the Nets. The Nets are your NBA champion. They're the last team to beat the Lakers. So it's kind of funny. You think about it. Like there's been this, like, this whole theory of like, what if they resume the season and Kyrie's back and Kevin Durant's back, you know, and yeah. it, it's like, Sudden, the Nets are the super team. I, I don't really buy into it, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, like I just the, I don't, the odds. I I feel like that combination. I oh, it's it's Cuckoo Cuckoo. There's just no doubt about it. I just I just think yeah. I'm just not sure that the chemistry, the chemical balance there between the two players is the right mixture. To um, that's one way to put it. Well, no, I mean, because I'm thinking about, like, you know, experiments where you add, like, you know, the baking soda to the vinegar and it, like, explodes. But then you add something else to it and it immediately just goes flat. And, you know, just trying to think about who would be who in that situation. But, like, I mean, who do you think is better, the Clippers or the Lakers? Clippers. They, they, they have more depth. Clippers. Oh, so you were trying to make a combination of the Lakers plus the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be a really good team. Kawhi, think, Paul George, Anthony Davis, LeBron. You think the Clippers are better? Yeah, I as as, as good as LeBron is, and he's still, right now. I think he's the second best player in the league behind Giannis. When the Clippers have been healthy, they've basically run over everybody. And that's the thing of like, if they're healthy and if they're all present and if their heads are all in the game and if they feel like it, that's the thing. I think they're a team that they turned on. Okay. Remember this Laker team has dropped games. They shouldn't drop. They've gotten beat by the Grizzlies. They've gotten beat by the Blazers. They've gotten beat by lesser teams, you know, more than a handful of times. And when you look at the, the, the way the Clippers are constructed, they can run two whole units at you. The Lakers can't do that. And while the Lakers would like in the playoff scenario, they could try to buy minutes with some of their bench guys. The Clippers bench wins those minutes. They, they, they win them handily. And that's where I think it comes down. Everybody talks about how the stars play 40. Sure. And I get that. Um, but you just look at that Clipper team and I just, I'm a LeBron guy. It's just hard for me to look away from I Paul you, George. I think you got, I think you got to have personality to win a championship. And I think last year was the exception that proves the rule. Well, I mean, the Spurs have existed for years too. They won a lot of titles without a whole lot of pizzazz. Yeah, but they had personalities. I mean, sure, they, they had, they had was a personnel. I mean, they, they had, they had personnel and I know they also all had Kwai. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, and maybe maybe that's, he is that's what I was getting to. <laughs> maybe he is the secret ingredient or whatever. But he's a basketball simple. Yeah. I yeah. But right now Doc Rivers is the one on that team that has personality. And Lou and Bev. As much as I don't like Pat Bev, they they've yeah, got does too. And Ben Harrell. Like they've they've got some guys on that team who've got some 
some some some chutzpah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think it's cut and dry though, and I really really wanted to see that play out in a round of playoffs. Yeah, I really really would have been fun. That. I don't know anything else that's like hanging that that you think league wise is like unfinished, unanswered questions that you were really hoping would resolve themselves. No, the only questions we're asking like right now is who's the best gamer in the league. You know, <laughs> at <laughs> video games. I, yeah, I mean I, that's that's the questions we're asking right now, and it's like, yeah. you know, but it's that it's, we can actually find out from the comfort yeah, of, no, our, we, we, of our own homes. <laughs> Just, just been fun. Like we've had uh, plenty of uh, of opportunities to just kind of sit back and not just that. Like watch these guys do things outside of basketball, but like, still inside Pat, their house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pat, Patty Mills is out here learning how to play the guitar. Jamal Murray, you know. Yeah, we'll, I missed we'll that, one. that one. And yeah, I, well, I didn't go. go back. Leave that one alone. <laughs> I did not go back to look. You know what? I also yeah, no. still haven't ever done, Dan. I've never looked. I've never Googled uh, Evan Fournier either. Don't. I, don't. I, everybody says that, but nobody says why. Name is never Google for a reason. I just, do not do. But why? I. You gotta tell. Maybe you could tell me off the air. Off the air. I, I will tell you. Like it. Of all it the- is not. It is not good. And that's that. When when I think I think it was Matt Moore that gave him that nickname. Um, it is it is still one of the most like I was like I it can't be that bad. I was like oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just it's, can't. It's, it's just it's, like the best kept secret in the world because everybody says don't Google it, but then they never say what you're gonna see. And I just yeah, I think no, I think every once in a while society does a really good job at like not telling people things like they kept the red wedding secret. Like, I think that is like the greatest yeah. accomplishment of civilization that all of us who knew what was going to happen in the red wedding didn't say anything. I think that like yeah, that- humanity can like check the box off on that one. That was an impressive feat. And also Real- Googling Evan Fournier. That's that's a good one. Real quick, what has been your thing that you've done over the last two weeks that you wouldn't have done otherwise? I honestly, sadly, it's working because my job has just kicked up into like a higher gear than I like. I've worked more than I have the last two weeks than I have in my entire life, and I'm not somebody who likes to work. <laughs> I love my job, <laughs> though, fortunately, uh, and so I've had like some just I've. One thing that's been happening the last two weeks that's happened more so than at ever point in my life is all my work meetings ending with "I love you" and "I miss you." <laughs> we do and people meet. like generally like like take care like no 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 seriously no, seriously take like care. I really like I love you and I want you to be well yeah. and like you know yeah so I'm doing that and I've actually I've been playing the guitar. Um, and I've been going for lots of long walks in my neighborhood, which I do anyway, but like, because the weather's been so incredible, I wanted to get out as much as I possibly could. Like, I know it's about ready to get really sucky again. Of course it is. But like the, we have a, we have a beautiful cherry tree in our front yard and I keep taking a picture of it every day because I'm like, this is going to be the day that like the rain's going to come and wash all of the, uh, the cherry leaves off of it. But so far, yeah, it's been beautiful. How about you? Uh, I mean, if you've been following along, yeah, I've been following along on Twitter. A lot, a lot of dieting. Uh, I guess I'm <laughs> down like 25 pounds now. So, wow. uh, in two weeks. Yeah. That's not healthy. No, 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 in a little bit more than a month. Okay. So, um, 
because I started probably about two, three weeks before uh, this whole thing happened. Um, what are you watching on TV? I just started watching Breaking Bad yesterday. So and I've never seen it before. Um, I, it's kind of funny. There's there's a lot of shows out there that are like the critically acclaimed. Everybody has like binge watch shows yeah. that I just don't watch. I don't watch a lot of TV. Like yeah. there are very, very few shows that I just watch. I'm more of a movie guy yeah. or I'm a video game guy. And obviously I've been, you know, uh, streaming with with Anthony and, and a couple other guys. Uh, I'm hoping to put some things together with a couple other guys. Uh, are you better than him? Are you taking him to school? No, he's he's actually good. He's he's got me by a step. You know, he is twenty years old, so um, I I can still hang, and that he will attest to. Um, but like, I'm using streaming as much as I love playing video games. I'm using it as a platform to learn new things. Yeah. So I'm developing a Twitch channel, and a lot of what I'm doing is I'm using Photoshop. I'm using like the whole Adobe suite like and i'm using the twitch channel to learn these different things how to like build my own logo how to go about um doing motion graphics and so I, i've got this extra time because my job is talking about nba basketball um and by the way i this is this is a little bit personal but i wanted to share this because there's been some cool stories out there um nbc came forward and and paid me and, and other people, um, games that we weren't going to get paid for. So there are companies out there and I want to take a moment to thank the trailblazers too, because they've gone out and they've taken care of the broadcast team. They've taken care of all of the, the people, I believe Jody, uh, Allen donated $1.4 million, uh, of relief money solely dedicated to paying people. And in a time like this, that's a really, really cool thing. Um, I know everybody has their opinions on on the rich and all those kind of things, um, but they don't have to do these things. And it's it's cool to see that happen. Um, and so, a, a big thank you to those guys that allow us to get you know be able to do these things and 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 take care of us when they didn't have to. Um, and so, because of that, I'm able to now like take this time and, and be with my family and not panic. Um, and not be in a position where I'm wondering what's going to happen over the next three months, you know, um, so for those who don't know, like people like me who work as quote unquote talent, we're contractors. So the way things work for unemployment for us is a little bit different. So, um, it, it's a very, very cool situation that, the, that, that they, they put us in, in this regard. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've been doing is trying to learn new things, try to incorporate like, so that. You know, when I start writing again about the season, I can do more illustrations. I can, you know, make the package look a little bit better, you know, a little bit more professional, a little bit more ESPN with, you know, highlighting certain things and doing certain transitions and just making it look more professional. So um, I would advise anybody else out there who has the opportunity to do those kind of things right now. Like you're not going to be quarantined all that often. Take advantage of it if you can. Right. King Lear. Right. Yeah. Read, write, do whatever, like learn, like do things, like set a goal, find a way to do something. Like don't just sit in your house and try to make it through it. Well, right. I mean, like not to get too dark or anything, but like there's been, there's definitely been over the last week, some times where I'm just like, I just get freaked out about stuff. Like for some reason, Mm -hmm. like when Kenny Rogers died, that just like freaked me out. I just was like, Oh God. I mean, and I know it has nothing to do with like the pandemic that's going on, but it was just, I don't know. That was really tough. And then the other thing is I was thinking about today is like, I really miss my special Olympics team. Um, Mm -hmm. And like we were 
were on a hiatus and it was supposed to start up again in April. And like now I'm not going to be able to see him. And it's just like, oh, that just breaks my heart that, you know, because yeah. I, I know everybody was looking forward to it and we were going to, you know, get to go do track and it was going to be really fun. And now that's going to that's going to be put off. And I don't like know how to get a hold. You know, there's people there's people out there that I don't know how to get a hold of. And so I'm just going to yeah. have to wait until this all this all blows over. Anything like kind of been hit you like deeply? Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing for me is that um, like right now I'm in the middle of a remodel. Like <laughs> I have no kitchen in my house. Like I, I have a camping stove um, and I'm trying to get everything done so I can sell the you place. Have a and outside, don't you? I do. I do have a barbecue. Those are the, those are the things that I'm operating with right now. My, which, I mean, my husband makes... actually cooks out of outside probably like he he's the cook in the house in the house. I mean, I know how mm-hmm. to cook, but he's the main and he probably cooks outdoors like three quarters of our meals year round. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I operate, but I like to have the uh, the ability to yeah. do other no, things. You and can like, cook inside. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I have zero counter space, so there's like nothing to prep. And I, I know these are very very first world problems, but like again, trying to stay on this diet and everything like that. But I need to get this done so that I can get in my new house. And like I'm worried about, you know, everything economically, yeah. you know, the housing and market, else. You know, exactly, and a wedding to plan. And so I've got all of these like big time you know, top tier world issues that in my relationship with my fiance, like having all of this come together at once, just like, okay, sure. And like, I, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with the season because it's my career. Like when does the next season start? Am I doing work in the summer? Like my own, this is like my own personal stuff. And then, you know, my, my fiance's parents are much older and so she's worried about this whole situation and she works for the, she's the HR business partner for the state of Oregon for the unemployment department. So she's about one of the busiest people on the face of the planet right now. Um, and trying to manage all these things at once, it's just been like eye opening. It's just like, okay, this is, this is real. This is serious. And I, I said this out on Twitter and I want to make sure I mentioned here again, before we get going, if you or anybody else out there, if somebody, you know, if, if you're struggling, if you need a hand, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, my DMs are open for a reason. I, I will answer everybody. I will answer anything. Um, I, I may be a loud, obnoxious jerk, but I'm also the, the guy that you can count on to come pick you up at 3 o'clock in the morning when your car breaks down. And you can ask anybody who knows me. Um, and if I can't help you, I will try to find a way to help you. Uh, or somebody else who can. If, you, if you're afraid to, to go out to the grocery store, if you're you know physically unable to do something or um, you don't know how to do something, Please reach out. Uh, like I said, my, my my DMs are always open. If, if there's anything I can do to help, uh, I, I know a lot of people feel the same way. The big thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, and in times like this, this is and where you yeah. – Yes, and that's the thing. It's like it, it's okay. Um, this may sound kind of weird, but because of what I did in the military, like I've, I've, I've seen a lot of what the world the, – the worst the world has to offer. And with that, I've kind of been through situations where like I've you know, been in war-torn regions all over the world. And the, the biggest thing you can do to combat this stuff is to come together and not fall apart. And to, to do that, you need to lean on each other. It, and the, the biggest thing you need to do beyond that is to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And if you can't take care of yourself, ask somebody to help you. Because if you can't do that, it's, it's not going to be good. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, come together, reach out, take care of one another. Make sure you take care of yourself, too. 
I don't know how to follow up on that. <laughs> I think we should just go ahead and wrap it up. That was beautiful. That was that was really well said, Dan. Well, every now and then I have something. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a delight to see your face. It's been you much too. too long. We were supposed to see each other on Blazer's Edge night. It was supposed to be the other night. Yeah, I... We were going to watch. We were going to. Yeah. Anyway, not going to dwell on that. Uh, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep recording when we've got stuff to talk about. And we'll yeah, I am, I do um, have some guests lined up. Yep. So uh, we'll for those who... as long as people want to listen. <laughs> yeah, for those who are interested, like I, I've, I've reached out to a couple of players in the league that they have, they've got free time now. So it looks like we're going to have a couple of those guys here on the podcast in the coming weeks. So um, I'll I'll ask for question submissions and stuff like that uh, as as the the dates and times get locked in, and we'll have a, probably a couple guys from the team on the pod here in the next couple of weeks. And I will try very hard not to embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Tell me what your mom is like. Uh, tell, just warn them all <laughs> that that's going to be a question. I think that's a fair question. (laughs) Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight. I hope everyone is, uh, hope everyone is well. I love you all. I mean it. Um, I can be found on Twitter at TCB Biggs. I'm not on it as much these days as I usually am, but I still get a Hallmark movie reference off every once in a while. Of course, you can find the Blazers Edge podcast uh, in the Blazers Edge podcast feed. Subscribe to that. You'll get the weekly podcast or as much as we can do uh, weekly, uh, as well as the Hoops and Talks podcast. We had a great one last week where we talked to Jamie Hudson. She's just a breath of fresh air in the middle of all this. So I encourage you to go listen to that after this one if you haven't already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, why don't you take us out of here? All right, folks, as always, you can find me on social media at, well, not on social media because they still won't give me my stinking Instagram handle. You can find me on Twitter at Danny Meringue. I tried to get it. I tried to get it, Tara. I, they, they won't relent. They won't let me streamline at all. It's killing me. But you can find me on Twitter at Danny Meringue, at D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-A-N-G. And as always, my DMs are open. Uh, all of my social media handle stuff is all listed in my Twitter profile. So if you want to get a hold of me another way on Instagram, on Twitch, whatever else, it's all there. For Tara... For everybody else, thank you guys for listening. Stay safe, take care of one another, take care of yourselves, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye!